0: Thank you so much for joining us here, everybody, at Queer at Heart, and um, I'm your host, Mosabian. And today on the show, we have my uh, dear friend Chris Weigand. And sorry, did I say your last name? Weigand. Yeah, Weigand. Chris Weigand. <laughs> and uh, Chris is here today to talk to us about his uh, experience as a, you know, a former Jehovah's Witness. Um, you know, we we spoke. Yeah. How's it going, Chris? Oh, I'm good. How are you? And you felt the need to sort of talk about this issue. Um, but, you know, the issue that you had being a part of the organization. Mm-hmm. At, at what point in your childhood did you realize, because it is different, I guess, from what you said, being a part of that as opposed to any other religion, because it's, it's more, there's more rules put in place. So when did you realize in your life um, during your childhood that you... You know, you had a different life than other kids.
1: Mm. I guess, you know, definitely around the uh, celebrations of uh, birthdays and holidays, Christmas, that was definitely a reminder. I think the, f- the first reminder was every morning when you were not allowed to stand for the national anthem. Mm-hmm. And, of course, the teachers were aware, so I had to go out into the hallway and sit while everyone else was standing kind of shooting me dirty looks, you know, are you disrespectful, um, remembrance day, definitely holidays. Um, that was definitely a firm reminder for sure.
0: Okay. And that was like what each, uh, like uh, grade five, grade four.
1: That's all the way elementary
0: through high school. Really? Yeah. And, uh, Did you question it? Like, was there a pivotal moment for you where you, like, at what point did you, give me an example. So you Mm -hmm. wouldn't, you wouldn't celebrate Christmas or any holidays because of why? What is the whole idea of not celebrating anything within the religion? Why can't you? So
1: for, for example, for birthdays, they say that, uh, it is shown in bad light in the Bible and that there's only, uh, I think two accounts of birthdays in the Bible, and there was beheadings and lots of bad things going on in these birthdays. So they're showing it's bad light. And for example, Halloween is uh, satanic. Mm. Uh, Easter, they don't agree that. Well, they say Jesus. The whole the whole structure of the religion is different from normal Christianity. Normal Christianity would be believing in the Trinity, believing that Jesus is God, whereas Jehovah's Witnesses believe Jesus is the son of God who is Jehovah. Okay. So, a lot of the a lot of the theology
0: behind it changes. Okay. So, yeah. And so no birthdays. You couldn't go to birthdays. I mean, Christmas. I think Christmas, yeah. you couldn't celebrate anything with other families because mm-hmm. that was, okay, that was like the devil or evil or whatever mm-hmm. it is. Um, at what point through your, uh, you know, journey of being um, a Jehovah's Witness, and I mean, I'm sure you went to church like three times a week because I, I remember mm-hmm. a friend of mine, you, you go, you have to go like three times a week, knock on doors, be around corners, do the work of Christ kind of thing, right?
1: So we would have tuesday night would be our meeting night for two hours we would go again uh saturday morning would be where we go do the field service so we'd knock on people's doors for two hours um and then sunday morning would be another meeting for two hours so um yeah it'd be three times a week that's for sure
0: three times a week what happened if you don't go one day a week did you have to have a good excuse?
1: You you will definitely have to have a good excuse. You know, <laughs> I, I played sick a few times. Uh, I think I'm not alone in saying that. Yeah. But uh, if if you stop going to meetings, then you'll be sure that you'll get a visit from the elders, and they will be questioning you. You know, on your faith mm-hmm. and why you are not showing up.
0: And that's a one-on-one meeting.
1: Uh, yeah. It, Usually they come in pairs. So, (laughs) Um, actually, my my uh, in my early teenage years, I uh, it became known that I had premarital sex. So you did yes. So how dare you? Oh, I was I'm terrible. (laughs) (laughs) How dare you? So I got a little visit from two elders. And they came and they read me the Bible and told me I was bad, slapped my wrist, and uh, and that was that was that, you know.
0: And then they just said, "Pray and you'll be fine."
1: Well, uh, they gave me a little guilt trip and everything, mm. but you know. And then they they what they do is actually, they take away your privileges. So at these meetings, what they do is they ask for people to comment on. You know readings mm-hmm. so what they do is if you do something wrong you are not allowed to comment for an unspecified amount of time however lo- long they see you can't fit. partake in the meeting right correct correct you're only allowed to listen jesus yeah so it's like
0: story time taking your voice away right taking your voice <laughs> away at story time you can't even be curious that's about what's true. going on in the book no no okay all right and that's so the, okay so what is the consequence? So, okay, say you do have premarital sex. I can't even imagine what it's like to be gay. But, mm. like, uh, actually I do because I have friends who are, um, former Jehovah's Witnesses who are gay. But what happens to you if you have premarital sex? What happens in the afterlife? Are you just not going to make it to heaven? or? So, basically, how the Jehovah's
1: Witnesses, how they believe is they, they pretty much agree with that the least amount of sinning is the best, right? So, they have different rules than typical Christianity, but basically, they they do believe that you could reach heaven or what they call paradise earth um, if right. you are not Jehovah's Witness, but you would be living in sin. And so being sinless is the path to paradise earth.
0: So from what I understand, there's only like 144,000 people who do end up going to heaven. Correct. correct. And yeah, I know a little bit about this. This is a little
1: different. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So how are those people chosen? Number one. Number two, who gets to go to a perfect earth? Is it me Mm -hmm. not being a Jehovah's Witness as well that gets to maybe go to this perfect earth?
1: Right. So... The first one, basically, they have a memorial every s- around uh, Easter time for Jesus. Yet they don't celebrate Easter, but they have their own separate memorial mm-hmm. for when Jesus died. So, what they do is they have bread and wine, uh, unfermented bread and wine, you know, the typical thing. But they do not they they pass it, and the, only the people who eat will go to heaven. Got it. So they have, uh, God has set a certain amount, 144,000 apparently, that will eat the bread, drink the wine, and join Jesus in heaven ruling. How are these people chosen? They feel it themselves. <laughs> you can't make this stuff up. Yeah. So you can just say that you feel it Anybody and, can. and you eat the bread and you drink the wine and you are, you are going to heaven.
0: Were there people a part of your kingdom hall who claim this? Absolutely. Okay.
1: And I'm sure there's, there's been lots more, probably many more than 144,000 that have already partaken.
0: More. So oh, it's, yeah. it's above capacity now.
1: Oh yeah. Oh yeah. You know it, I
0: mean? Who's regulating this, right? Yeah. Jehovah, right?
1: Yeah,
0: you know what I mean. We're we're past COVID times now. Right. This is like you know we're past the the capacity. Okay, so that okay that's a lot. What was the second part? I think. Well, who gets to go to the perfect earth?
1: Okay, so th- if you ask this exact question to a Jehovah's Witness, they'll read you a scripture that says the meek will inherit the earth. The and meek. And the meek. Yes. Okay. So what th- what they will tell you is that everyone who is as sinless as possible. You know, we don't know people's hearts and where they're at. Mm. Jehovah will judge that. But, you know, you don't have to be Jehovah's witness to, to go to paradise after you die. But... It's better. All they do is preach about how Jehovah's enemies will be destroyed, and if you're not Jehovah's witness, you will be killed
0: in Armageddon. But also, they say you could come back.
1: Correct. Correct.
0: So if you get past Jehovah, like if you go to die, and then Judgment Day comes, because you go to sleep when you die, I understand you sleep when you die, and you don't wake up until Judgment Day. Correct. So when you wake up during Judgment Day, it's Jehovah who will judge you. Correct. And so if Jehovah says, "Hey Mo, you're not a, you're not a Jehovah's Witness," but guess what? You've been a good guy. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna let you go. Is it up to Jehovah? Basically. Yep. Okay. Yeah. So they do agree with that. Okay. You know what? I can deal with that. I mean, oh, yeah. come to think about it, you know what I mean? But I, you know, because I, I used to think about that when I grew up. My, you know, the religion I, mm-hmm. my family followed as well is like, what if I'm a good person? You know. Mm-hmm. Okay, so what was the pivotal point for you? Why did you decide? You know. I'm no longer going to do this. This is not who I am.
1: I mean, I grew up in a pretty good family. I'm not I'm not going to I'm not going to say that I had a terrible family. I yeah. had a great family. Yeah. You know, everyone was together. They mm-hmm. took care of me. We weren't necessarily poor. We yeah. I I did not struggle very early on. Mm-hmm. So, it was more like when I started, you know, thinking for myself and having these critical thinking moments that I started to pull away from the Jehovah's Witnesses and going to meetings. That was the first step, is is just not showing up to meetings. And I remember the first time that I really felt that I was questioning the religion was I was in service, right? Mm -hmm. And I was knocking on someone's door. Thank God this this person said what they said. But uh, they... They said to me, Didn't Jehovah's Witnesses declare the end of times, like two or three times by now? And Somebody said that to you when oh, you yeah. went yeah. Oh yeah. And it struck me as so odd. Like why like why would you say that? Absolutely not. Jehovah's Witnesses haven't done that. And of course, what we do is we we are taught to rehearse, you know, scriptures. So we read the scripture. No, only God knows the day. Nobody knows the day or time, nor God. Only God. Yeah. So, what we did was we rehearsed the scripture. But when I went home, I just had this feeling like, why would he say that? Like, that's so peculiar to me. Mm-hmm. Because you get all different ranges of kind people and people slamming the door in your face. And lots of different ranges. But definitely not so much people who actually want to question you. Mm-hmm. So, I looked it up. Mm-hmm. And... To my amazement, I started looking through, like, old magazines that would say 1914, the generation that will never pass, mm-hmm. and so... How old were you? I was, I think, 14, 14. Okay. So, you have a 14-year-old going door-to-door and trying to convert people, and yet... At 14, you don't really know that much about life, let alone religion. And you are trying to go and tell other people how they should
0: join your religion. When mm-hmm. you don't even completely believe it yourself. Right, right. You don't, you don't have
1: the knowledge that, I mean, you should have really mm-hmm. to, to fully engage and believe in that. And so when, when, I, when I heard that man speak... And I did my own research, and I saw that what I was told—this, this was all swept under the rug. Mm-hmm. I had never heard that Jehovah's Witnesses had declared the end of time, nineteen fourteen, nineteen seventy-five. These things weren't talked about; they were taboo. You don't speak of this because when you bring this up, you're questioning Jehovah, you're questioning the religion, you're questioning the organization. You're
0: questioning Jehovah. In which, really, who you're questioning is the organization. Correct, correct. Right, because you're saying that the religion and the organization are two separate entities? Not that they're separate, but... I, know, I thought you were saying that before, but you're... Okay, so h- what is the difference?
1: There, There's definitely a difference. So, okay. you know, Watchtower Organization con- runs the Jehovah's Witnesses religion, okay. right? But the Watchtower Organization sets out the rules. There's a group of governing body right so there's a group of seven or eight men in brooklyn new york who run things they make the decisions whether you know blood transfusion is accepted or not these are the people who
0: make these decisions so and that's never been changed that's one thing that no
1: that's that's i mean this is a really new religion it's only started in the 1870s so Mm -hmm. um Yeah, you have a a bunch of rich white men sitting in a Brooklyn building making the decisions about whether
0: you're allowed to celebrate your birthday or not, you know? Wow. Wow. And then nobody really questions it. And if they do question it, they end up leaving, really. So
1: that was the biggest thing for me in the religion is that you weren't allowed to ask questions because it was frowned upon, because you were questioning Jehovah, because you shouldn't have to question these things. The Watchtower does it for you. So, so when I would ask my parents a question about, you know, why can't I go hang out with my friends from school? Mm-hmm. You know, I like this friend. They're a good friend. They're not, they're not doing anything bad that you wouldn't disapprove of. Yeah. Why can't I do that? Mm-hmm. What, the, what the typical go-to for most of these people is they go to the Watchtower website and they almost as if you're reading off a script, Here's your answer. Exactly what the governing body had printed. It's a rehearsed little answer, and there's your answer. And don't question it. Who's the person? Who's the founder? The founder is uh, Charles Taze Russell.
0: Okay. Yeah. And he was what? He was a. Was he a Christian before that? Just to set. It up so
1: he was. I think I'm not. I'm not entirely sure. I think he was seventh-day Adventist, I want to okay. say okay um, and basically he started uh, Bible studies in his basement and then I think a few religions actually spun off of his his teachings and then so he created Jehovah's Witnesses. I think they're originally called Bible students mm-hmm. and then what happened was Rutherford um, took over and he was the president and they just changed things as they went. So actually when you go when you actually go back and you look at the things that were printed back then that the founder would have printed they're actually different from nowadays. And so when you question these these people about these these discrepancies between the past and now because they claim to have all the answers what they'll tell you is the light gets brighter. Knowledge is like light and it gets brighter. And we didn't know everything na- back then, but we know more now. Okay.
0: Okay. So, all right. I mean, huh. I mean, I, I, I don't, I don't know what to say. I mean, it just seems like, okay, you know what? It just, see, people will listen. Maybe some people will listen, and they'll be like, oh, it's just like any other religion, every religion. But like, I mean, I, I, I grew up around, Quite a few Jehovah's Witnesses, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, um, and I'll be talking, you know, uh, very soon with with queer Jehovah's Witnesses, and what their experience is like. Uh, but I also want to get the heterosexual perspective. Um, mm-hmm. uh, however, not and because I remember not being able to celebrate, you know, get stand up for, you know, the mm-hmm. national anthem and birthdays. And but I also have a friend. I think I told you who died um, a little while ago, uh, like 15, 16 years ago. Uh, who died because, you know, his he was unconscious and uh, they had to make a decision. And his family decided not to give him the blood transfusion. Um, now, I've, I've held a lot of resentment, don't get me wrong, um, which I'm sure <laughs> you have as yeah, well, being a part of it even definitely. more. You know, um, so for you, I mean, that's enough about me. But for you, when you were, um, at what point did you just completely cut ties or so was it, it was always just gradual. Was there a point where you just said, "Okay, cutting, that's it, done"? It was gradual. So, so I guess the the biggest
1: thing was Jehovah's Witnesses, at least in my experience, mm-hmm. they they did not want you to be educated, so they discouraged oh. going to college. Okay. Um, because what they would say is, "You're taking that time away from serving Jehovah, oh, right? Yes. From from service work." So, what basically what I told myself when I was young, and this was around 14 to 16, I pretty much said to myself, okay, you, you have some questions, and they hated if people would look on the internet because what they said is the devil is it's trying to devil. sway you. Absolutely. My friend the, would tell me that. The his, devil, his parents would tell me that. The devil is trying to sway your decisions. So, what I said to myself was, if this really is the true religion, the, the one that actually is right, which what they refer to as the truth, mm-hmm. then it should be the truth. There shouldn't be anything that I can read mm-hmm. that should be able to, sway, to sway me, right? Because I have an answer to it because I, I already know that this is the truth. And what I found when I actually did my own research online against my parents' wishes... Was the exact opposite. I found lots of. I had. I had ten times more questions yeah. about things that I would never dream of, and that I've never even thought. Mm. And I just realized that you know what? No, these people don't have the answers, and mm-hmm. they 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 didn't think this through. How old were you? When I you was, finally
0: were just like this is. I I
1: I would fourteen. I started questioning, and by sixteen, I had stopped going to meetings and your parents were good with you with that. We had multiple arguments mm-hmm. and there was lots of tears going. <laughs> lots of argument, lots of anger, lots of tears, you know, because it's very emotional because what in, in their mindset it's 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 described as like you're you're taking a blindfold off because when when you come out of that that state of living you feel like you've been blindfolded your whole life. Like you've just been told what to do and you've just been doing it. And it's, it feels like an awakening. It feels like you are literally waking up because you almost feel brainwashed and you're told to do things a certain way, think a certain way. And if anyone asks you a question, you say what the watchtower tells you. And so... There's for no my, wavering. No, absolutely not. And so for my parents, what what they obviously think is, here's my son, he's blaspheming God, and he's not going to get into paradise earth, and I'm not going to see him ever again when he, we die,
0: right? And they wholeheartedly believe this. Absolutely. Your parents... Do you mind if I ask you, do you still talk to your parents or family? I do, mm-hmm. but...
1: So th- this is something that the Jehovah's Witnesses are separated from, let's just say, you know, standard Christianity. Mm -hmm. Um, So what they do is, if you leave, it depends if you're baptized or if you're unbaptized, but they have this thing called disfellowshipping. So Mm -hmm. what happens if if you leave and you're baptized, you are seen as turning against God, knowing God's teachings, turning Mm -hmm. against it, and then, and, and some people even speak out against it, which is being an apostate. Mm-hmm. But basically, you are not allowed to speak
0: to them. So, so they excommunicate you Correct. from the kingdom hall. You are shunned, is what they call it. Shunned. And they advise that your family does the same as much as they can. Right. So you, you are say, cut off. You are cut off. So your family chose not to cut you off. So what happened is
1: I was not baptized. So right around, it's actually quite funny, right around 14, which is the time um, I was questioning things. They were pushing me, come on, get baptized, get baptized. Mm -hmm. In which the test of getting baptized is you having some basic Bible knowledge and then just saying, hey, I want to get baptized. I want to be devoted to God. Mm -hmm. And that you have to get an elder to approve that. But basically, um, since I wasn't baptized, I am just seen as what they would refer to as worldly, which is someone who, let's just say off the street, who hasn't been baptized, someone from another religion, they, they are associated as worldly. so You know too much. They, they know are too just much. C- uh, considered bad association. Okay.
0: So... You weren't baptized, so you didn't get shunned by your family. You still like they still talk to you, but it's very minimal. would you say it's like very minimal. Minimal
1: okay. minimal. Wow. So yeah. it's it's a little bit different than being disfellowshipped. Disfellowshipped would be absolutely no communication. Mm. And uh, well, I guess I would I'd probably be considered at this point speaking out against the religion as an apostate, so that would be no contact. But uh, I I try to keep a relationship with my family. I do love them. They are great people. Mm -hmm. Of course, yeah. And I I don't think that religion should be something that separates people. Mm -hmm. And so I'll always try and keep that relationship. Mm -hmm. But um, basically, I'm seen as bad association and should be minimal contact. Yeah.
0: And they follow that, your family. And they do. They do. They abide by that. Right. So... uh, the other thing I, I was really curious about is these people who speak out, apostates, apostate. Mm-hmm. Do they ever get heard? Like, is there other sectors of Jehovah's Witness that go and do their own thing? And they're like, you know, we still want to be a part of the religion, but we're not going to do this thing type of
1: Oh, thing. yeah. There's definitely, there's actually Jehovah's Witnesses that are, that they proclaim they're witnesses of Jehovah, but they do not follow the Watchtower organization. Oh. So it's actually, yeah, there's lots of different types, but, um,
0: there's also, so they, they, but they sinned basically. Jehovah's right, right. So it.
1: they, they definitely would not make it into paradise according to the <laughs> watchtower.
0: <hour. laughs> Shit. Um, so, I mean, this is all very interesting. Obviously, um, uh, there's, there's some stuff you're talking about. I had no idea. And, um. Uh, a lot of it I did know because I grew up, as I said, with um, friends who were a part of the Jehovah's Witness religion. Um, now, I know that you're passionate about speaking to young people who are contemplating leaving, mm-hmm. right? And um, there are probably forums on Reddit. Um, I think you were talking about extra, XJW XJWs. Who, um, what do they, what do you have to say to these people who are left, but are kind of trapped in a way? So,
1: I mean, you can go check it yourself. There's, there's lots of, uh, people who come from all different situations. Maybe they're gay and they're stuck in the religion, or maybe they just don't believe they've, Mm -hmm. you know, had that awakening where they just say, oh, maybe something's not right. Maybe they believe in god but they don't believe in jehovah okay right so there's people from all different backgrounds and what i what i notice is there's lots of people that are actually still within the religion still going to meetings but do not believe Mm -hmm. but they're keeping that persona going because they want to maintain their family. They want to yeah. maintain those connections. Because what happened to me was, when I left, you lose your family. You, you are raised not to hang out with other people, like from school, only Jehovah's Witnesses. So all your friends are Jehovah's Witnesses. So you're groomed, Your basically. whole community is Jehovah's Witnesses. So what happens is when you leave... You leave all that behind. They are told not to speak to you, not to hang out with you, not to associate with you. And so a lot of these people who are in these forums that are going to meetings are just trying to
0: maintain those relationships. But yeah, because you have to, because to them, it's like if if anybody suspects that you're gay or that you're not believing or that you're trying to sway and become worldly, they tell you to pray. Just pray to God. I've been told many times, mm. my friends, parents, uh, still actually up until a few months ago, said you should just pray, Mo. Mo, just pray and hope that Jehovah changes you. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, there was a, there was a whole bunch of things. There's a whole bunch of reasoning for her. She's like, because you know, there's such a high percentage of mental illness in the LGBTQ community. I'm like there's a high percentage of mental illness in a lot of everywhere. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like it was just crazy, the the craziness of the statement. And so, um, you know, it, uh, it, it, you know, my friend's parents were basically atheists. They were Catholics, but they were basically, you know, not believing in anything at one point until somebody came to the door Mm -hmm. and, you know, he talked to her. And then I guess, statistically speaking, I've heard that, um, you know, they go for the wife first. They go for the wife and then they go for the rest of the family. Yeah. That's a tactic, right? That's a tactic. So, um, but yeah, so,
1: uh, yeah. So, I mean,
0: sorry, go ahead. Go ahead.
1: Yeah. So that definitely happens. And I mean, do you have to go, how often do you have to go door to door? It would be, so what they have is for just your standard Jehovah's witness, you're going to be going once a week, two hours, um, and what they have is, it's called pioneering. So you actually take this on full time. So it's 40 hours is a, is a regular pioneer. I think it's 50 hours is a auxiliary pioneer. And then a special pioneer is 70 hours per week. week. Per week, right? So, so you don't have a job, basically. So that's what I'm saying. So this is why school was discouraged because you should be pioneering, not going to college. Right, so so that is the different levels that you could be pioneering. I'd be the lazy person. I'd be oh, doing I the know, ten right? hours
0: <laughs> a week. I'd be like, sorry, I'll do ten. You know, yeah, I know. I'll, Really, I'll be doing like three. <laughs> but you know, like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So you're going
1: door to door, rain or shine, uh, out in the winter. And uh, so what we do is we pair up, you know, two people, and then we take turns, and we obviously. We have a little script. We have a, rehearse our little uh, our little uh, jingle, I guess you'd say. And then uh, you have your magazines and your goal is to get a Bible study at the end of the day.
0: What do you have to say to people who are questioning leaving though? Like right. I think well, I want to get back to that question. Like yeah. what do you have to say? Where do you like where where do you where would you suggest people go? Like there's safety you got through. You got mm-hmm. through it. I mean, you you know, you seem like a pretty level-headed, happy individual. I'm sure you went through some really hard times to get to this place, and you still, I'm sure some days struggle with it. Um, I don't know if you do, but I'm just Absolutely. assuming that you struggle, that you might struggle a little bit at least. What is where does somebody go for help? Like what? Is, like what is it? What is it? Should they get help from a therapist? Should they should they be um, talking to former Jehovah's Witness friends? Should right. they get on these forums? So,
1: for me, I think a huge part was the internet, definitely. Um,
0: The devil. (laughs) The devil, exactly. (laughs) The devil. The devil net.
1: The (laughs) devil net. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, so uh, I would just, you know, advise against coming out to any Jehovah's Witness because Mm -hmm. uh, it might just make the matters worse. Mm -hmm. But uh, I remember, you know, like it was hard for me. It was hard because. And even when I uh, educated myself to the point where I did not agree with Watchtower, I still wanted to believe in God. And that was, you know, something that, um, that was a shift in my mentality that I, I thought, you know, I still want to believe in God. I just don't want to accept the Watchtower organization's rules they have in place. And... I think that the internet was the biggest resource you could ever have because there's so much information. There's lots of websites that will actually pick apart the different issues with what the Watchtower organization puts out. There's a book. If you, if you are a Jehovah's Witness and you want to educate yourself on the issues with Watchtower, Crisis of Conscience, it's actually written by... A former governing body um, man that was, uh, he was, yeah, obviously leading the pact in the organization. And he wrote a book called Crisis of Conscience after he realized that how they were doing things was not scriptural. And so he's still a Christian, but he stepped down from his position of being a governing body agent um to, to absolutely being an apostate of Jehovah's Witnesses. And so uh, getting back to your question, I would just say the internet is your friend. Don't be afraid. Do not do not think that the devil is going to, you know, sway you either way. Be curious. Ask questions. Be skeptical. There's nothing wrong with asking questions. And it's okay that you don't have all the answers. The biggest thing for me was that I needed an answer, and something you learn when you grow up a little bit is just that you you might not have the answer and that's okay.
0: And that's okay because you can absolutely live your life, your way, ask the questions that you want, and not feel afraid of doing so. right. yeah, yeah, it makes complete sense. and I think that's a really um I think that's a that's a really great piece of advice actually, and I think it's very straightforward. Um, you know, be essentially you have to it's it's scary, you know, but you know, I, I get it. You gotta be fearless when you have to do something and know that you might be shunned or people mm-hmm. uh will disown you, you know, it's scary shit, but you have to do it because you know that you need to live for yourself, right? Yeah. Um <laughs> That was that was
1: definitely the biggest thing, right? You are you are going to face a moment in time where You have to decide whether to put on a charade Mm -hmm. and a show and go to a meeting and sit there and hear somebody talk about, you know, basically propaganda versus you actually taking the initiative and pursuing what you actually truly believe. Right. And and even if you don't have an idea of what you believe, but you you disagree with what they're doing. You have to stick to that. You know, you have to. And, and you will be rewarded because it's such a liberating feeling just doing something that you know is right, is right for
0: you. Yeah, um, you'll be reward. That feeling is just rewarding. Not that I'm here trying to promote religion or anything like that, but what would you say was the biggest pro, uh, positive, of growing up Jehovah's Witness? Was there any type of... Was there anything that came out of this sort of discipline? Definitely, sort of? definitely. Okay. I would say, so, you know,
1: really, that's why I don't want to say anything really... not The, the religion is not necessarily bad um, just because they do, you know, they, they teach some things that I would disagree with, but they also teach, you know, to love one another. They also teach you know, let's just say maybe to stay away from drugs, which could tech uh, that could be a good thing, right? It Mm -hmm. could be a bad thing. It could be a good thing. Mm -hmm. They, um, not to be drunk, um, to take care of your marriage, to, to do these things. Right. And so they have good principles, Mm -hmm. but what happens is there's a few, you know, bad apples in the batch and, uh, and it kind of spoils it right yeah so there's i definitely grew up with a good moral compass teaching people um you know uh what i thought was right and wrong and uh and being kind to people and um
0: and just having a general good moral compass so for me as a gay person, I, I I just gotta pray. They would tell me, pray, just don't mm. act upon it. Correct. Right.
1: So for you as a gay person, they would say that you are just having, you know, a feeling of just of, a feeling, just a feeling, and that you're it's like a hot. You flash. You have to resist resist that your whole life. <laughs> it's like a hot flash, right? You know, just, right. just
0: a little feeling, it'll pass. Just it will pass. <laughs> it's just a temptation. It's, I the, wish. it's the devil tempting you. <laughs> Oh, man. <laughs> Fuck, I was praying for that when I was a kid, too. Like, I was like, when well, will this pass? This is just... And then I fucking two years, three coming. years, four, five, they just kept oh, on yeah. coming.
1: Um, which is which is also another thing that uh, a lot of the elders of the congregation have been found that they are uh, child abusers and child molesters. And this is something that has been coming out, actually, Um but the 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 issue is that they deal with it internally, right? They if someone is, you know, found out that they had relations with a kid or something, they don't bring it to the police. They deal with it internally. And so there's a whole scandal of this coming out now and uh it's being brought to light, which is
0: good. How, how prevalent is this in this or in
1: the organization? Uh, well, there's lots of court hearings of elders testifying saying, I cannot recall, I cannot recall and this is pretty prevalent, so, and, and they have
0: to abide by the law. So if the law asks them to come in, they can't be like Jehovah's won't, Jehovah, you know, they're not above the law. They don't believe they're above the law.
1: Well, they they do because what they do is they deal with it, you know, it, within the congregation. So if someone was found to be molesting a a kid, for example, they don't go to the police. Jeez. They just talk about it and say, okay, can we fix this? blah, Blah blah. So the and families will not it. go to the police. This is the whole issue behind
0: this is that they don't report it. So they, 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 okay. So if a family finds out that their child was molested by an elder, however way, they try to internally deal with this. The parents right. will be like, you, they're kid. told not to go to the police. They're like, it's okay. They'll, right. they'll get, come to terms with it and we're going to deal with it internally. And what happens to that person, to the elder?
1: well they they would either have their privileges revoked or they pretty much get a slap on the wrist and then they're they're back in the congregation i mean that's that's about it right that's for everything basically that's that's so for serious sins basically what happens is um, you'll get your privileges revoked and you'll be on a timeout and then when it's been a long enough and they feel like okay you're sorry you've repented then they'll let you back in and that's it when they so, feel you've repented. Right. And, so.
0: th- and then so losing your privileges is basically just not partaking in a meeting.
1: Not partaking. You just, yeah, you just uh, listen and you don't get to comment. That's
0: about it. Do you ever, this is going to be my last question before we wrap this up, mm-hmm. unless you have something more to say, do they ever make it back in? to the circle, like, back into the end? Like, do they ever get their privileges back? And could somebody who's committed that sin ever be a part of the 40, if they claimed it?
1: Absolutely. Yep. They okay. uh, they basically operate that if you're repentful, and obviously they've decided, oh, enough time has gone by that they see fit, Jeez. that uh, you could be, you know, a member of anything, right? It's- and And it's not... Re-
0: reported to the police so is something like that taken care of within the kingdom hall or is it the governing people who have to come in and? so
1: each congregation has um, ministerial servants and elders is yeah. what they call them so they form a group um, within the congregation and they speak after meetings and they get together and talk about let's just say if someone has sinned right and then they decide what they want to do with them so they basically would have a conversation okay what are we going to do with this guy Mm. um and then the usual standard practice would just be to revoke privileges you can't give any talks you can't give any comments okay and then you know when they see okay he's he's sincere he wants to be back he's he wants to comment he wants to talk and he, he's he's repented, then, yeah, you're in. You're in again. You're
0: in again. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I guess it's not so bad for somebody like you who is just questioning. You know, you're like, right. hey, you know what? I need a break. So right. <laughs> right. like, this, this is happening right on time. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, um, Chris, thank you so much for being on. Yeah, honest. no problem. Thank Thanks for, for having me. You're very welcome. And thank you for being so open to talking about, um, you know, your former religion. And for anybody... Listening, please feel free to contact queer at heart podcast at gmail.com for any um questions you may have or any topic suggestions that you'd like to hear on queer heart. Um Chris, thank you so much. Yeah, thanks for having me. Ciao. See you